When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hey, it's Roy Wood Jr. Beyond the Scenes has taken a break this week, so we're taking a minute to revisit an episode that we think is particularly important in light of recent events. In this episode, I sat down with Daily Show correspondent Michael Costa, segment director Stacey Angeles, and a guest producer, Pierre Adrian Early. We discussed a pair of field pieces that were filmed in Switzerland about how the Swiss own so many guns, have no mass shootings, and what America could learn from their gun culture. Have a listen. Hey, what's up? I'm Roy Wood Jr. Now, have you ever gone to the music store to buy a CD? Remember CDs, young people? Back in the day, you had to show up to a building to buy music. Well, they used to have something called bonus tracks. You would have a CD, and then at the end of the CD would be music that you didn't even know was on the CD. Bonus tracks. That's what this podcast is. This podcast is the bonus track to what is the daily show. We're talking about correspondents, writers, producers, and past guests who've been on the show to go a little deeper into topics that we've already seen explored on the show and to also see where we are today on those issues. We go beyond, beyond the scenes. So this week, we want to talk about a two-part segment where Michael Costa went over to Switzerland to explore the gun laws. And so, you know, they don't really have a lot of mass shootings in Switzerland, but everybody owns a gun. Here's a little piece from that segment. When it comes to gun culture, Switzerland has a few more regulations than America. And thanks to these gun regulations and strict ammunition control, Switzerland has a murder rate of nearly zero. Sure, that's a great statistic, but how safe can it really be? How many school shootings have there been? None. What about malls? Everybody, people should, no. What about like major holidays? People get shot up at major holidays here? Nothing. This is the dream, shooting guns without the fear of getting shot. This is where America should be. All we need to do is keep ammo separate and have universal criminal and mental background checks. Have extremely strict open carry laws, justification for ownership, send written requests to authorities, and basically just change our entire gun culture. We can do that, right? All right, so to help us go beyond the scenes, we have correspondent and stand-up comedian and, you know what, just an all-around good damn guy, Michael Costa. That's nice. I was wondering what you were going to say, but thank you, Roy. You know we fucking, we go way back to our Los Angeles day, pre-daily yep. show. I don't have a lot of friends in that building that predate my employment there, so That's it's true. always known good. known you a long time, and you've always been 
supportive of my comedy and uh appreciate it. Now here we are in the beyond the scenes bonus track. Going Sick. beyond the scene. Did you ever think when we were at In and Out Burger after bombing Jesus. somewhere on Melrose? <laughs> no, I did not think that. <laughs> also joining us, um, our field producer, Stacy Angeli. Stacy, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me and for that depressing intro about CDs. Oh, because you remember CDs as well. Now, I want to also introduce our guest. He was uh, one of our producers, kind of a slash fixer. Look, when we do international episodes and we travel abroad, we need somebody over there to make sure that the shit don't go south. And we need someone to make sure that we know what the hell we're doing while we're in the country. And they can also help us connect the dots because they have a deep and even deeper understanding of, of the issue because they're actually boots on the ground. Pierre Adrian Early. Welcome to us from Switzerland, sir. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. So let's just jump right into it. Costa, where, what was the genesis of this of this piece besides you really wanting to go out of the country for free on Viacom's yeah, dime? that's true. Well, you know, I would love to claim uh, that this piece originated from the mind of Michael Costa, but as can happen at The Daily Show. I got to the office late, probably, and I saw an email that Stacy had pitched to the field department about how Switzerland owns more guns per capita than America and has so few, if any, mass shootings. So I read Stacy's email and was excited and hoped that I would be the correspondent that could do this piece, and it turned out to be true. But Stacy's really the one that I think fired the first shot, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Nicely done. Where, so, where, where did this come from, Stacy? Well, it was after the Parkland shooting. And um, I mean, I'm from Texas also where there's a lot of guns. So I have my opinion about guns where and then I remembered um, I wanted to do a piece because it just felt like it was getting worse and worse. And I loved the John Oliver old daily show piece in Australia. It was like a great example of you know, successful gun control legislation. But I was like, there's no way in hell America is going to get rid of all their guns. Just, that's just not going to happen. So I started like Googling countries that had a lot of guns, but, you know, no mass shootings or very minimal, you know, gun violence. Do you and hear that, listeners? She did some <laughs> goddamn research. I Googled. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Well, yeah, that's yeah. still research. And then I, it, at the time, the top three... Um, places that had gun it was that had guns was I forgot what number one was oh it was America and then number two was Yemen and then three was Switzerland and I was like well Yemen's in a civil war and I I did I too wanted a free trip to another country if it got approved so that's how it happens but really like if you would have picked if you would have picked countries that didn't have a lot of gun violence the easy answer would have been yeah but they don't have any guns the beauty of this pitch and story is that switzerland mm -hmm. has a lot of guns and a lot of assault rifles and that that surprised me too because it's obviously a very depressing topic but i was like when you think of switzerland you think of like you know neutral sorry pierre if i'm insulting you know but you think of like you know chocolate and and fun you just you don't think of guns and so i was like it, maybe this is the best way to approach a dark topic by putting it in a in a vehicle that has like that is known for like you know pure bliss welcome to switzerland a neutral country most known for its cobblestone streets perfect for skipping its clocks sophisticated pocket knives and guns 
even from a place of conflict, Switzerland is like it's it's almost like a euphemism for just I'm not in it. I'm not involved. I, whatever you all are arguing about over there, I'm over here. I'm Switzerland. Yeah. Like that was always the perception. Pierre, before we get into, you know, kind of your role and, you know, in helping to produce this piece and your thoughts on it. Uh, first, what is the perception of America in Switzerland when it comes to violence? Just in general. I think it's uh it's it's the perception is that it's kind of the jungle law when it comes to uh gun ownership and how people can actually go to the supermarket and and buy a gun. Um and and that seems a little bit shocking from Europe, not only from Switzerland but from a European perspective because there is so many of these what so-called common sense um, rules that you have to provide background check and so on and so forth. So I think that's that's the main perception and maybe also misunderstanding of the culture of guns in the U.S. is h- how the hell can you go in a supermarket and buy a gun and then do whatever you want. You can also buy groceries at that same supermarket, Pierre, and I don't appreciate you generalizing. Yeah, you don't, our... see, yeah, you don't see tomatoes getting regulated, Pierre. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy. I remember I told Pierre, I have a friend in Texas that has over 30 guns. Like, we counted them. He has over 30. And I just think that's the most, like, that wouldn't happen in Switzerland. You know how easy it is to get a gun in the U.S.? I just go to Walmart, psh, give him the money, gun. I know. My it's uncle crazy. Paul out of his truck. He's got a bunch of guns. My brother Todd has a gun. You want to use it? Boom. Borrow for the weekend. That's nice. Not really. In Switzerland, you can get a gun from your um, grandparents or from your father, but you still have to do the paperwork. Even if I get a gun from my grandpa, I still got to tell the cops about it? Yeah. That's crazy, because in most states in America, you can buy a gun almost immediately without any background check. But not in Switzerland. You apply the permit from the police, you provide uh, clearance of your criminal record that you don't have any convictions, wait for two weeks. What if it's a small crime? What if you got caught urinating in public? You got caught for sleeping with your cousin because you didn't know it was a cousin because it was at your family reunion and she looked like she worked at catering. What if it's like assaulting a police officer but really you were just tickling them? If you can't be responsible of uh, following some other simple rules in society to behave, why should you have a gun? All right, so Casa, for the people who haven't seen the Guns mm-hmm. in Switzerland piece, just walk us through some of the beats of it, because I know that Switzerland has these wild gun laws, and everybody has a gun, but there are no shootings. What were mm-hmm. you all exactly unpacking in the piece? Yeah, you know, there's there's compulsory military uh, involvement, and when you turn 18 in Switzerland, you are assigned a assault rifle. I mean, just as an American, listen to that and just... And, and, and think about that. So wait, guys. So everybody just you're 18. Here's your gun. Your I, gun. I think Here that you go. Pierre is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Every man at 18 years old gets gets enrolled in the army. It's a militia army, and uh, basically, whether you are in the office or uh, on the ground or in the air force, you you receive this assault rifle. It's a Sig 550. Uh, we call it Fast 90, and it's a pretty badass gun, actually. And so to meet and go to a culture 
that has so many weapons of war. We're not talking about a, a little tiny handgun. We're talking about assault rifles, right? Pretty much the same guns that are used in such the tragic events of, of, um, in America. To go to a country that has that same passion, but doesn't have the murder, doesn't have the tragedy, doesn't have the elementary school deaths, was something that I was genuinely very interested in learning and hope that we can all learn from. So I think what's what's interesting to to say about the gun laws and culture in Switzerland is you, you basically you can carry your gun and what's interesting also is that the army once you're done with the army you can keep your gun for the rest of your life as a souvenir <laughs> actually but you cannot okay. carry the ammo with you so your ammo has to stay at the base And so that's just so for you when, when if, if shit hits the fan, you have your gun, you go to the base and then you get the ammo. That's in theory. But in practice, we all have those guns under the bed without the ammo. And that, Is there that's, no that's, to buy ammo, Pierre? Um, you cannot buy ammo easily in a way that you go just to the shop and say hey i want that that ammo and you have to register they will ask for your name they'll look if if you're basically low allowed to to buy ammunition um so i think that's also interesting when it comes to a gun is nothing without the ammo and it's all about yeah how do you separate the two things in a way that that yeah you have guns everywhere but you don't have ammo and guns everywhere <laughs> That's a big difference. Another interesting thing for me that I discovered in the piece is is the entire the popular gun culture. Um, because when you're in the army, you have to shoot once a year for training. That's compulsory. And so you have all these little clubs in the regions where you go and shoot. And um, those clubs have developed into introducing uh, shooting, but sports shooting to young people to teenagers and so on so you go there and you actually see those 12 year olds uh teenager shooting but there's no relationship to violence it's all about precision and the interesting thing is as soon as they can use a compressed air uh rifle they'll do it because it's just it's just more precise and so it just shows that it's it's all about the sports the precision um rather than, than the violence and and uh, the relationship to violence so that that i discovered during 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 the segment and in the prep and it was super interesting for mm. me as well i decided to embrace this culture and hang with the only group that would let me in wow yeah you guys got ar-15s here huh meet the shooting society of press It was time to show these Swiss fondues how Americans shoot guns. I missed? You missed, yeah. You ever take your gun to school? No. No? We don't are American. You're not American? No. Okay, well, I can say that, but he can't. These Swiss kids, huh? Even if it is true, because the fact is, for Swiss kids, life with guns is very different. Nothing happens. It's not like, like in the U.S. where you have those mass shootings. So your son... When he goes to school, he just has to worry about school. Yeah, catching the bus on time. What's the distance that they shoot at? Is it 300 meters? 300 meters, yeah. Okay. I so, Roy, we're in, we're in the Give Swiss countryside. Yards, bro. What, keep talking. I know. I it's, like, uh, it's like three football fields, so to speak. Away. It's long. Thousand okay, feet. So okay. Thousand feet. So, we are in the Swiss countryside. I'm with these, like, 
12, 13-year-old boys and girls, and they are shooting assault rifles 300 meters away at targets. Now, there's cows just chilling close to the targets, okay? Real big Swiss cows with bells on. So I say, as a dumb 39-year-old American, I go, hey, kids, you ever, like, take a couple shots at the cows? And they looked at me like I was insane. They looked at me like, one, they never even <laughs> thought of that. Two, that wouldn't be right. Three, that, you know, it's just like my dumb American culture was like, yo, what can you wipe out with this gun? And these kids were like, I'm trying to hit the target. I'm not even thinking about, you know. Like, that's so, why you don't get a gun, Costa. That's why, exactly. But that is the, the epitome of this American mentality of fun or guns. And, you know, there was a mass shooting in Switzerland in 2001 and they immediately made a new regulation and i think that was the separate ammo one is that it here okay so i think so and the reason i bring that up is regulations work they are successful and i just wish we no one's trying to take away americans guns i wish we i put myself in this would do a much better job at regulating them it's like the old chris rock joke the least America could do is start charging like $500 for a bullet. Yeah. So if you shoot somebody, it's real, you got to really mean it. Yeah. <laughs> it's expensive. Yeah. You know, we sat down in the second part, we sat down at a shooting festival with the former prime minister of Switzerland. And he said something that was so simple, but so powerful. And it was that here in Switzerland, we respect guns and you can we can talk in and out hours and hours about these pieces at the end of the day that is what it comes down to you give an 18 year old male uh, an assault rifle and they have the respect to not use it against their fellow man or woman costa as you're unpacking this you know because this was a two-part piece which isn't the norm on the daily mm -hmm. show so it's a lot to bite off, but this is also one of your first pieces, dude. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just going to be honest. When I first started here, I felt pressure every day. It was, oh, my God, they're going to fire me. Oh, he looked at me <laughs> funny. The first week I was at The Daily Show, two of the dogs barked at me. We have dogs in the office. And I was like, they're going to fire me. The, the fucking dog take me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not doing a good job. So was there a lot of pressure? Or did you feel a lot of pressure, rather? Well, and you know, Roy, as, as a stand-up comic, like, you're only as good as your last job. So there is always this feeling of, I better deliver. This was an earlier piece of mine. It was international. Uh, I probably, being new, didn't realize kind of how big that was. Uh, the flight is more expensive. The hotel, this is also Switzerland, where a chicken sandwich is like $53. Uh, so <laughs> I, you know... I feel more pressure doing pieces that I am not so interested in. This was truly fascinating to me. And so I was genuinely interested. And I, I do think that that comes off in the piece as someone who I believe uh, is pretty American and, and for the most part understands our passion for guns. I'm not saying I agree with how we executed, but I understand maybe how we got here. Well, after the break, um, I want to talk with you a little bit more, Pierre, about the people of Switzerland, what it was like being on the ground helping to produce this piece. And I want to hear more about this $55 chicken sandwich because you know I'm a connoisseur <laughs> of chicken. That's 
That's a separate episode of the podcast. We'll be right back. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Pierre, you do a lot of production work and you are a person that is on the ground in Switzerland, you know, connecting the dots on a lot of different journalistic issues. What was it like working in an international capacity? The thing that I'm always curious about is how our brand of humor will translate in another country. So let's just start with that. What did you think of Costa? What did you think of Stacey? What did you think of the piece? First of all, I think we had we, we had a lot of uh, prep work with uh, Stacy, and uh, we worked very well together in, in prepping this this segment, and, um, and it was a lot of fun actually. We we were a really good group, um, and uh, traveling in a little van across the country, and we have so much fun that um, <laughs> it was really hard uh, to handle. But overall, I think. That wor- working working with um, an American production is it's fairly easy in a way that uh, we we share the same humor. I think S- sort of the same sense of humor uh, would probably be more difficult with a Japanese or a Chinese uh, production, which ha- doesn't have the same humoristic standards at all. Um, and what was really interesting for me is I, I'm not a gun specialist at all. So I had to learn a lot. And it was the opportunity for me really to dig into that culture of, of guns in Switzerland. And uh, it was fascinating to really understand how op- opposite is it um, from, from the U.S. gun culture. And we can say a little bit more about that later. Can I step Which, into brag about yeah. Pierre for a second, too? Because <laughs> I didn't know where to begin. And I would just be like... You know, Pierre, I read this, this, this. Is this true? Can, like, that kid start training at 12 at gun shooting schools after school? And then the next day, like, we became, like, BFFs. We were, like, Skyping all the time. The next day, he actually went to a place, scouted it, met the 
students met and like gave me pictures and videos and was like, you want the releases? They already said yes. And I was just like, can we, can you move to America? Can we, he was just so great. And on top of everything. And then I was like, who are people who think American gun culture is great? And he would have a list ready. So, um, I just wanted to brag about how great he was. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> and that's the thing that's very, that I think goes understated about the daily show and our productions and how, when you show up somewhere to try to film people, to have a legitimate conversation, yes, there's going to be humor, but we're not out to make you look like a, an idiot. That's a very delicate conversation because the only, the only scary thing to point at someone than a gun is a camera. So yeah. You're coming in with all of this equipment. They're like, hey, they're cool. So, Costa, I was going to talk to you about this a little later, but since we're on it, what was it like? Just what you're a father. I assume your child is not a gun owner at what, two now? Yeah, my child is not a gun owner. I didn't have a kid then. Um, you know, now if someone said, you're going to Switzerland for a week, I'd go, can I go for a month? You know, I haven't slept. Uh, you know, but look, there was a there's a very wonderful, comedic, poignant half a second shot um, in this piece of a man or woman I forget pushing a baby in a baby stroller, and their assault rifle is underneath the baby in that little part of the stroller where uh, the diaper bag the, little where the pouch. diaper bag goes. Uh, when I, in, in the second part, when I walked into the shooting festival and I saw people holding a beer in the left hand and an assault rifle over their shoulder, I stopped and I said, what, what am I doing here? Do I want to walk into this? Uh, the feeling of assault rifle and violence are tied together and I didn't feel super warm. Now, it takes about two minutes for the Swiss to uh, be nice to you and welcome you and say, come on in here. And they called me a pussy because I was wearing a bulletproof vest. Uh, and I liked him immediately. But um, yeah, it was it was jarring. To learn more about their gun culture, I attended the world's largest annual shooting festival right here. And holy that's a lot of guns. Even that baby has a gun. There's not enough training in the world to prepare me for this, so I brought my two secret weapons, my translator, Pierre, and my super manly, rock-hard American vest. Why are you wearing a pussy vest? What did you, what did you say, Pierre? Pussy vest. Ah, oh, that's, that's funny, pussy okay. vest. Yeah. Why aren't you wearing a pussy vest? People are walking around with guns. Because it's safe. Oh my god, what is that? What is that? Hold, oh my get god. it, get it. They're shooting. No worries. They're shooting. Yeah, shooting over there, not here. Now, I will also say this real quick about um, pre-production. Stacy was telling me back in the office, there's this guy, Pierre. He's really, he's setting us up. He's really smart. He went, so we knew it was going to be a good piece. There's also been a piece. There was a, a Pfizer factory in Ireland, and the locals were claiming that uh, they would get extra strong erections because Viagra was seeping into their drinking water. So we hired a fixer in Ireland to go check it out. And it was all <laughs> bullshit. It wasn't a real story. So then we don't fly to Ireland. We don't spend the time and the money and the energy shooting that piece. But you some, really wanted to do that piece. I <laughs> thought that piece was hilarious. But thankfully, the person we hired in Ireland was like, this is all just a joke. But when you hire Pierre... And you see, oh, there is something here. It's that knowledge. It's that mm -hmm. local knowledge that makes you go, okay, we, we can do a piece here. And, and Pierre was like a, 
a fluffer because people were hesitant to have us. You know, they're like, who are these Americans? And they all have this view of us. And Pierre was also good with it. He was right. We had the same sense of humor. He knew American gun culture was like shitty. And he knew that theirs was better. He knew he was better than us. But he also made it like acceptable for people to talk to us because there's always that barrier, that wall. And he helped uh, make us look you know, legit and acceptable. We would never have spoken to the prime minister of Switzerland if it weren't for Pierre. Also because we wouldn't have known he was sitting there. <laughs> yeah, how did that, right? how did that happen, Pierre? Cause I know I think- in, in America, our politicians fade into the moment they're out of office. They're like, mm-hmm. fuck you. I'm not sitting here answering more questions about the world. I'm, I quit my job. So how did you get the <laughs> prime minister on board? So we were at this this um, this kind of sh- shooting party, we'd say. It's called this countryside shooting uh, I've heard <laughs> of a gun range. I've heard of a gun right. club, which is more exclusive. It's, it, it, it's, but a party. it's sort of an outdoors. A jubilee. Uh, a bullet skeet shooting jubilee, if you will. Exactly. Guns and beers. This was an American wet dream. But something was different in this country. We respect arms, and if we respect it, it's not the problem. Why should I listen to this drunk Swiss roll? I was president for five years. You're telling me I'm having beer with the former president of Switzerland? Yes. Cheers. Nowhere else could a former president be surrounded by thousands of firearms with no security. How could we get America to feel this safe? That's your problem. That's my problem. Well, that's as neutral as it gets. It's kind of this yearly event where every region in Switzerland organizes its its own kind of shooting um, event outdoors in the fields. And uh, it's sort of important for every region. And that prime minister uh, character was, was there uh, because it's, it's his hometown or his region, basically. So he was there and probably has still some, some activity in... in you know, uh, associations and stuff. And it's important for him to be there, I guess, with a group of people and show, show up. So he was sitting there and I was also a little bit impressed that we just came across him. Um, no bodyguard, nothing. Um, he was just sitting there and actually having a couple of beers with his friends. That that helped. (laughs) But do you remember Pierre? I go, he goes, you go, oh my God, there's the president of Switzerland. I go, what now? And you're like, no, I said something like president of what? I was thinking he was president of a club, (laughs) president of something else. He goes, no, president of our country. And I go, what? Former, former president. Former, former president. Yeah. Like, but I was just like, that's absurd because even former presidents of our country, I mean, granted, you know, America is a lot bigger than Switzerland, but. Yeah, just- but that's that's the thing. Also, you mentioned Stacy. the The whole challenge of this piece, at least for me, on as a producer, was to um, make sure that we had access to all the clubs and the people, and and because it's it still is a sensitive topic. I mean, gun culture everywhere, even in Switzerland, is a very sensitive topic. And when you go in a shooting range with cameras and Americans, the first thing they'll think is, "Oh, they're going to show basically." A, show us shooting and and we don't control what they're going to say about us and so on so that that was a little bit of a challenge take a lot of time in in prep to 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 introduce the show to those people and make them sure that we're going to be friendly and not making fun of them but actually doing something good um 
and worked out a little bit the same when when we meet like the former president of Switzerland. Um, we we have just to introduce ourselves in a certain way, so we make sure that that it works out, and that's the magic of producing, I guess. <laughs> It's the magic of Pierre. <laughs> Yeah, I guess what you're saying, Pierre, is that essentially setting up these segments um, in a country as an unknown uh, foreign outlet, it's kind of like buying cocaine from someone you never met before, and you've got to earn not, their trust first. Yeah, yeah, Although, yeah. well, never done that, but I guess so. Uh, me neither, <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> me neither. Uh, after the break, uh, Pierre, I want to ask you, and Acosta as well, What do you think Americans stand to learn from the gun culture in, in Switzerland? It's beyond the scenes. We'll be right back. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Pierre, now, first of all, I did some Googling during the break, and apparently Switzerland has a president, not a prime minister. My apologies if I've disrespected the honor of your country by calling that dude a prime minister. Apologies accepted. What do you think Americans could learn from the Swiss on just gun safety and, like, how do y'all not murder and help us not murder? <laughs> <laughs> I think what Costa said before, um, it's all about res respect the gun and why do the Swiss respect the guns, I think is ingrained in the culture um, because when you receive a gun from the army, so basically from the state when you're 18 years old, this, this is quite impressive. It's probably the first time someone trusts you in your life with something so important and In return, you you owe that respect, I guess. And there is an entire organization around. I mean, even the idea alone that the military is who provides you the weapon is interesting. And it sends a very clear message that this is a weapon of war. This isn't a hunting device. This isn't a recreational toy. I mean, I know this would be crazy in America, but 
if you want an assault rifle in America, that's fine. The United States military will present it to you. Uh, that might change things a little bit. But I think that's really interesting, Costa, because the big difference between the two cultures is in Switzerland, the state gives you that gun to protect the state. And I think in the US, the individual buys that gun to protect himself against the state. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the complete opposite. Yeah, and, and look, we're different countries, with, right? With different histories. And uh, this country, United States, is founded on re rebelling against the English and having um, in, in, in defending itself against the state. So it is different. And that's one thing that would be dumb if I didn't mention These are entirely different countries with entirely different histories. Um, and I'm not saying America has to copy Switzerland, but there's things we can learn from them. That's fair. That's very fair. Now, was there anything, I forgot to ask you all this earlier, was there anything that didn't make it into the piece that you wish had? Because I know when you go shoot overseas, and I've been on shoots with Stacy. There's always so much to see. I'll get that. Yeah, Stacy's going to get shoot you that. shooting some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are good sports. Um, I, we did have an interview, and actually, this is a good time to chat with Pierre's mediator because he didn't speak any English. His name was Jean Luc. And from my understanding, he loved American gun culture and wanted the Switzerland gun culture to be more like America, more gun freedom. But we ended up cutting that. I, I don't remember why. I think it's because we already know that point of view because he kind of had an american point of view but uh, pierre can clarify that because again we didn't understand one thing you said yeah well jean-luc ador he's a he's a right like right wing polit like far right wing politician and lobbyist for for and more open gun culture than it is even um and what's interesting is we got to interview his opponent so lisa mazzone who's actually in 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 the in the segment And um, and I think the arguments we all know them, right? Uh, they're pretty much the same uh, with 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 this that you have in the U.S. It's self-defense, it's freedom, it's this and that. Um, but overall, I think even the far right-wing politician uh, wants to have proper gun laws. It's not like uh, completely out, out in the wild, so. Roy, you know, I don't know if you can relate to this, but uh, I got steamrolled in that interview. I mean, I came in oh, wanting to yeah. hear his point of view so we, so I could have something to respond to. Uh, but like any well-seasoned, successful politician, this motherfucker yeah. did not stop talking. Okay, yeah. And I'm trying to get in there, but we're also waiting on Pierre, who is not a UN translator. Okay, he just happens to speak French, so he's trying oh. to translate this guy who won't stop talking. He's then, to you know, it, Pierre he's not was wearing even so pausing many hats for translation. Yeah, it, yeah, so it was yeah. it, it was very hard. I think if I, I would love to go back and do that interview again because I would literally put my hand over his mouth and say, "Stop talking for a second You're and right. let me." He just, was so so <laughs> as a correspondent, I learned from that interview, and I think that um, more experience on the job would have been helpful, but. That didn't make it also because he didn't shut the fuck up. Yeah, he was actually super, super calculated. And he baby gave us, he made us wait for a long time, like oh, he was yeah. Prince or something. And then he made us, he gave us maybe like 15 minutes and his answers were so long. So by the time it came for Pierre to translate, 
It was like he knew he was eating up more time. But that was like, whatever. Screw that guy not being in it. But I did want to give Costa a, a shout out for being a good sport because there were stunt things that were cut out that he really put mm. his body through because we made Casa do a lot of stuff to show off Switzerland stereotypes in the beginning before we introduced the idea that they had a lot of guns and so there was one part where it's like you know Switzerland known for cobblestone streets chocolate fondue whatever and then like there there are many rivers and there's a river what's it called Pierre the Bern River La. it's in the city of Bern yeah. Okay, I wasn't too far <laughs> off, but it's basically like a natural, you know, Six Flags, how they have the lazy river that like, it, that has a natural yeah. flow that you can just float in it. it it's like a, 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 a one that goes around the city, no urine, but it has like a really, and so the joke was for Costa to flow through the frame and be like, it's many rivers as he was centered and then like float away. But the current ended up being super strong. So he would always be a little bit off camera when he like shouted <laughs> or whatever. So he jumped in there like... So many times, and he and it kept getting messed up. And he's like, Rah! and I was like, I'm sorry, you got to <laughs> oh, do it again. No. And it and people spectators started gathering and like really rooting for Costa. And then he would just start like improvising, <laughs> be like, what the fuck? Help me, mom! Somebody call my mom! And he just kept missing the mark. I mean, it was a really really hard shot to do. And then at the end, he finally nailed it, and he had a crowd, and they all cheered him on. Never made the <laughs> never Didn't made the piece, oh. and afterwards we all jumped in in solidarity, and it was hard. I because you have to swim back against the current to redo the shot, and I think we also had goats chasing you. We had it you was, like running away cool from mom- goats. It was a cool moment at the end of a long day where the whole crew stripped down, and we all jumped in the river of burn together. It was fun. It was a cool. It was a cool yeah. thing that you don't get to do too often. So, Pierre, I'll end with this question to you, since you are our foreign correspondent. Which is more likely to happen? Americans influencing Swiss gun culture or vice versa? Sadly, probably the first. Because it's it's always easier to get a little bit um, yeah, more populist than the other way around. Uh, especially when it comes to that, that those very controversial things, but but I think there is only a certain amount of freedom you will get. I mean, our political system or law uh, are made in a way that you can't just have a situation like 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 in the U.S. Um, and I think sadly the other way around. You probably won't be able to have the exact same thing we have in Switzerland because you're, you're, the culture, the root cause is, is so different. And so what we, what we can imagine is that um, in the U.S. we just get inspired by a few best practices uh, so as to put, it, put, it, put yourself back in the right track when it comes to having less mass shootings, having less people dying in the street for nothing because it's just unacceptable. All right. Well, thank you all for kicking back and going beyond the scenes with me, Stacy. I love you, Pierre, when I get over to Switzerland to have um, one of those $50 chicken sandwiches that yeah. I'm now thinking about. <laughs> trying to see what that That's like. your only takeaway from this whole <laughs> podcast is expensive sandwiches. That somewhere overseas. <laughs> Which is <there>. actually <laughs> not true. Oh, shut up, Pierre. <laughs> yeah. 
Listen to The Daily Show Beyond the Scenes on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to go even further beyond the scenes? Check out the video version of Beyond the Scenes on The Daily Show's YouTube page. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.